We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. got the red back. I got the, the red same phone, bro. I, yeah, we got, we got the same I, I phone. got the um, I, st- I got the red seven at first, and then I moved on to eventually getting this one. When like my seven just was like, yo, figure it out. Like, I fuck with the red so hard. You have to, and I, I think it goes to charity or something. I don't know. Does it really? I think it's Project Red. It's like the HIV thing or something. Red and black is my favorite color scheme. As you can tell uh, in here, it's fire. Wolfpack, it looks, NWO, it, it you looks know what I'm great saying? In here. It looks great in here. Um, Robbie I mean, Fingers in the building, Robbie Gordon. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, no, it's, you know, if it wasn't for the 90s Bulls ruining my childhood, I'd, I'd like the colorway a lot more, but it's it's beast. I can't, I can't, I can't deny that. As a wrestling fan, though, the Brood didn't do it for you, the Wolfpack, come on, man. Oh, I'm a big Brood guy, for sure. Super like, underrated. Uh, Gangrel's entrance music is probably goaded, right? There's, I don't it think has there's, to be in the Mount Rushmore of one of my favorite ones. Oh yeah, I mean, it, right? And then and the, the I don't even know what makes that noise. Um, my so first fire. wrestling show ever was headlined by Gangrel and the late Balls Mahoney at the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard, circa 2002. I want to say. Damn. Yeah, like post ECW, we're in the balcony, pre Bloomberg smoking laws, so like just. Children just second cigarette smoke and, and just weed, non- just, yeah, just everything. And just I came home and my mom was like, Where the hell were you? And <laughs> she knew, but she's like, Why do you smell like an ashtray? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I never got a chance to go to an ECW event. I was gonna go in 1999 and my cousin was gonna take me. And then my mom saw 
Um, what it was? Yeah, she saw what it was. <laughs> and she saw New Jack staple gun someone. <laughs> She's like, I'm not letting you go, Asis. That's probably the worst clip she could have seen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, New Jack? Like, yeah, just just pure violence. Dude, have you been watching those? I have Vice? a great photo with New Jack when I was like 14, you know, at a, a, another indie show. I think it was at a skating rink in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And we were front row, and he just grabbed my buddy and me, and he goes, to my friend's dad, he goes, take the damn photo. And like, he's just bleeding from the forehead and we're just like, Oh, this is awesome. But also like, Oh shit, this is terrifying. And, uh, cause he walked around with like scalpels and knives and forks and used them on people's heads. Bro, you've been watching those dark side of the ring little yes. features on yes. vice. Oh, his, his episode God. was awesome. All of them are fantastic. Yeah, really well produced. They did a great job over there. And I loved the one on new Jack because, you want to talk about the level of not giving a fuck. It's that guy. Yo, so I think New Jack's one of the best workers of all time. Really? On like and that's gonna drive some people up the wall, but I, I can't name cert I can name certain instances, but not everything is as it seems. And yo, the smoke and mirrors and keeping it real and keeping K Fabe and doing all that and you know, yes, there have been some instances where he's crossed the line, but some of those where he crossed the line, it's like, oh, that was that was really well done. So, you know, he's a worker at the end of the day. And if he if people still believe twenty years later, you know, a lot of that stuff was very real and mm-hmm. nothing's fake in this world. But I think the world is fake. Thing, Wrestling is real. Think things are worked sometimes and and, and, and new new jack you know, is a, a, a preserver of the magic and, and more than he gets credit for. Well, we'll turn back the clock a little bit on wrestling as we want. I, I love that we, d- we said we didn't bring up any wrestling talk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I'm speaking of bringing KV. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> we, 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 pulling we, back the fourth wall. Yeah, right? pulling, pulling back the curtain. We're like, yeah, um, we, 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 we prefaced what we were going to talk about and none of it was wrestling. wrestling and then yeah. we just jump into wrestling. Jump into wrestling, bro. Because everything is wrestling, man. Everything, everything. is wrestling. But, dude, I w- want to talk to you about a couple of things. You've been on the show many times before. And also, but it's my first time in the new studio. So, congratulations. Because this is Thanks, man. tremendous. I mean, listen, betting on yourself, personal growth. This is it, this is something, man. Thanks, dude. It, it means a lot. And you know what? You've you've helped me along the way in many ways, connecting me with certain people, putting me over to, again Always. to use the wrestling term. So I appreciate that. And Come on, it man. was only a matter of time before I had you. All pull time up baby here. face, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people's <laughs> mark, right? Dude, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. We're gonna heavy basketball featured pod, but I really want to talk about college sports. Mm. Coming off the NCAA tournament, I got some numbers here that are very, very like eye-opening, right? Mm-hmm. In 2019, the NCAA revenue was $1.18 billion. It's a, it's a remarkable business. In 2020, because of No March Madness, an $800 million loss. Now, we're not going to cry for them, right? So north of $500 million they mm-hmm. made. They have the tournament this year. Obviously, limited capacity. My question to you, and this is, this might be on the Mount Rushmore of evergreen topics, polarizing topics, but it always comes up whenever March Madness comes around, college football. How do you feel personally about college athletes, student athletes getting paid? There's no other craft where you can be that good at something 
and not get paid. On on this planet, there's not a single craft. Everyone who's that good at what they do gets paid or has the option to. So, you know, for me, you know, there there's the weight of the scholarship and the ability to go to the institution, but sure, if you're going to say don't pay them directly because X, Y, and Z are a form of payment, that's a reasonable argument if they, as student-athletes, as young people, are able to go and get paid on the basis of what they do. So I can't, as a student-athlete, not that I'm one, but if I'm a top-tier D1 basketball player, they're selling my jersey without my name on the back, but I don't see any of that. I can't do an autograph signing. I can't do a meet and greet. I can't do a photo op. I can't have a cameo account. Mm-hmm. I can't have a podcast where I talk about the life of being a basketball player and monetize it. Can't have a YouTube channel. I can't have a YouTube channel. I can't do anything to to better my family's situation monetarily because of the rules in place. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, let them be young entrepreneurs. If you don't want to pay them directly, they're going to find a way. Yeah. You know, like, you have to be you have to be a special person to make it that far in this craft, right? Like, there are a lot of high school athletes, right? The vast majority of them never play in college. The ones who do play in college, the vast majority don't play D1, right? So, for these kids, young men, young women who are able to get to this point and get to this level, be on a national stage, get this recognition, get following, get followers to the tune of hundreds of thousands on Instagram or millions, accounts that normally would be monetized. Mm-hmm. Why not let them monetize? They're not going to be taken advantage of. That was always the old trope that because of who they are, that they're going to be, you know, that might've been true in the old world. But now with the internet, now with everyone having a supercomputer in their pocket, now with everyone being able to say, this is what my brand to the world is going to be, you have to let them be themselves and build their brand. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's sort of what my stance has always been, even years ago, like, I feel like I've talked about this topic many, many times, but then of course information changes the narrative or the false narrative, whatever it might be. And when you learn new and new things, we mentioned YouTube, social media and whatnot. I also think that that's something that needs to be accounted for that there wasn't social media like this 10 years ago. Right. And also a lot of these rules and regulations about college athletics were implemented at a time when the SEC network didn't get sold for $1 billion dollars. And the Longhorns have their mm. own fucking channel. There's the Big Ten Network. There's the Big 12 Network. The ACC the Network. Every, every yep. ma- Power Five has their own network. My issue, because I personally don't think a college kid should get paid. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you determine that. How if, if us two play, we're both at Syracuse. Yep. You're the starting point guard. You're the man. You're a one and done. Unrealistic. I wouldn't pass, but go ahead. <laughs> Random white dude that just hits threes, yo. You need that guy on your roster, right? But you're you're the starting point guard. I'm the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
we should get paid roughly the same amount. How do we pay the center forward for the men's soccer team? How do we pay the catcher for the women's softball team? I don't know if Syracuse has water polo, but how do you right. pay? So there, I don't understand where. That's where it gets difficult, right? That's where it gets difficult. I strongly believe, and I'm super passionate about the idea of the the name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. That law has been passed now. Starting this summer, you'll be able to profit off it. No shit. Dude, if I'm the starting quarter, if I'm Tim Tebow, and everybody wants a piece of me, if you're a booster, you want to buy me a steak dinner at Prime 112. Right. Why, why? What is that doing to the NCAA? How is that affecting them in any sense of the way? And and a lot of athletes, people on full scholarships, aren't able to, you know, their families might be struggling. So to be taken away and having to choose with, okay, this might be a good long-term investment for us versus I I might have to not do this so I can make sure that my family's okay. Like, no 19-year-old should be put in that position. So, like, and you bring up a good point with the, the you know, the, 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 the difference of, you know, being a high-profile team at a university versus, you know, you might be a, a, a champion, like you said, water polo team, but that's not something that's drawing the, the, the ratings that March Madness does. Well, also the majority of the Power Five universities... Mm-hmm. Football and basketball is their big moneymaker. Right. Those two programs. It's not even just for the athletic program. Like, that's what drives most of the revenue for the universities. Yeah, without a doubt. Dude, Notre Dame football, that pays for everything there. And, I, you know, I have family members who are art professors. And, you know, they, they'd, they'd be at these universities where all the funding would go to these other programs. And it's it's hard because, you know, like, imagine you're at this school with a very high tuition. And that's not necessarily funding parts of the academia right mm-hmm. so you know there there's there it, it there's no simple answer to this um i i think if you have the other the other way it is to go full free market and just let the boosters free for all and let the alumni networks pay to bring people to the institutions because that happens anyway right so don't don't like seeing what happened with james wiseman mm-hmm. you know i mean people got robbed from seeing him play college basketball. He got robbed from half a season. And I'm sure and then he, you see him translating in the NBA very a lot of people are a little skeptical. He he maybe he doesn't have the right amount of games under his belt. What do he play? Like less than it, he was basically what it, Kyrie did at Duke. It's not an ideal system for him. That too. You know, like right. it he he's gonna be special though. I, I, I think I'm I'm not comparing him to I mean, like, just from from a, a size and dexterity standpoint and ability, skill level, touch, like, you look at him, you think of a David Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think of, like, elite bigs. And, you know, his footwork's fantastic. He has had, you know, it's a rough season in general, just navigating COVID, navigating, like, a, sh- a very short camp leading up to right. it. You know, so he wasn't able to train with his college team after a very early date last season, then COVID hits, then he gets drafted, then he's rushed into the NBA with a very short camp. That's that's a that's hard for a 19 And a lot of expectations for being yeah. a top three pick as yeah. well. And and granted, like, you know, the other two of the top three have had fantastic seasons, so he gets sort of lost in the mix. But I'm still very bullish on him. 
Well, it's the same kind of the same dilemma that we have with the Knicks, right? Like RJ is having a fantastic season, fantastic season, but, and got but, left off ESPN's list of uh, yeah, yeah, twenty five hundred twenty five. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm glad that you brought Stephen it up. Stephen A. I forgot. ethered it this morning. I think we could leave it. <laughs> um, but dude, I, I really want to go back to that because there are certain situations that you've seen how social media has led to people sort of getting in trouble from being able to monetize and to deal with sponsorships, which right. I don't think it's fair. I really don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, dude, Johnny Manziel, because of Johnny Manziel's rise, 2,500 number two jerseys at Texas A&M sold out within 30 minutes when he won the Heisman. He right. didn't see any money from there. That season, they say that they made close to $30 million in profits because of Johnny Manziel. And that's one of the most rabid fan bases in sports. Like when any A&M team is good, they have the craziest fans. How about this? The 12th Man Foundation. Mm-hmm. They auctioned off for $20,000 a dinner with Johnny Manziel. Right. So now he has... To- and now you're taking advantage of him mm-hmm. too. But if he was to do that on his own, I'll give us back the Heisman. Fuck that. Fuck you. You're out right. of here. It's not fair, bro. Donald Delahaye. You ever heard of him? Mm, I don't think so. He was the UCF kicker who had that destroying YouTube channel with like 300,000 subscribers okay. a couple years back. NCAA kicked him off. Yeah. Because he was making money off his YouTube channel. It, he it, was like one of those dudes, like, you know, the trick shot people. Right. He does that with kicking. Mm. And he got he got kicked off the team. It's silly. You know, like, I, you know, guys are probably some of the best dunkers in the world. They're, they're, they're super talented people in college sports and they aren't able to really be themselves it's Ah. sort of like like i i think for the ncaa they're sort of just trying to grasp onto a reality that doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. and they're shooting themselves in the foot because we're gonna see more and more alternatives pop up we're gonna see more and more overseas success stories overtime is launching their own yes alternate path where high school kids could go get money and go get paid and go get exposure because they're getting all that clout from being on a platform like overtime. Dude. You know, you look at the G League, the Ignite team of all the the guys who should be one and done, like probably three of the top ten picks are coming out of that. I love that you mentioned overtime because Paige, Paige uh, Buckers, Bukers, yeah, who mm-hmm. plays on UConn, she as a freshman, AP All uh, All American Player of the Year, first ever. Mm-hmm. She. Goes into UConn with half a million followers. And, well... She can't do anything with that? What about this kid Mikey on overtime? You heard of him? He's like yeah. a sophomore, junior... Mikey Williams. He's, he's going to be... He, if, he, if he stays in the court, he's going to be a, a serious, serious basketball player. So... But that, that they're getting has, paid. But he got he got three million followers now, right? So if he goes to college, that all work. stops? He's... Well... That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna have to. Well, at that the out. time, look, he he's lucky because he, now he's with in this a good thing position. coming in, but I don't think that's fair, man. Have you watched this show on Netflix, the documentary Athlete A? No. Very sad. Should have done my homework, man. Very sad. It's about the women's Olympic gymnastic mm-hmm. team with <clears throat> Larry Nasser, Nasser, the dude from Michigan State, mm-hmm. the physician who sexually abused, abused like yeah. hundreds of girls. Mm-hmm. Well. The whistleblower of this is this chick, Maggie Nichols. Mm -hmm. She was the first one to obviously blow the whistle. And then she got punished by the Olympic team by not being one of the five girls picked. Remember Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles, like that core that like fucking ran through everybody at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Set world records. 
she had she was like fourth in the world on the team, so she should have made it. They left her off, and she wasn't even an alternate. The reason why I bring her up is that girl has over two hundred thousand followers. She ends up going to Oklahoma on a scholarship. So if someone wanted to get her autograph because she was a star, star, yeah. dude, I didn't know how big women's uh, gymnastics oh, was. Massive. Like mm-hmm. it's like a cult like following. It's huge. Well, everyone watches during the Olympics, but they're, they're, right. But even before that, outside bro, they, of that, they had yeah. like twenty thousand people at the Staples Center for this thing, right. jam packed. Tickets were going for like thousands of dollars mm-hmm. just to be in there to see who's being picked to go, right? Not even to compete. So. Is it fair for that girl to go to Oklahoma and then, you know, a family goes, oh, my God, you're an inspiration to my daughter. We want to take you out to dinner. and Can we get your autograph? She's going to get in trouble mm. for that. I'm not saying that this happened, but I'm just trying to paint no, the picture. It's ridiculous. Of, it's just that's where I strongly disagree with the NCAA. Yeah. And, you know, listen, the more they gatekeep success, right? Because, I mean, what are they? They should be empowering young people who are talented to build a better life for themselves. So if their efforts are doing the opposite of that, what's the point of all of this, right? Like student athletes, so they say a student comes first, but aren't we supposed to be, like isn't the whole point of higher education to enrich the lives of young people? If, if we're not doing that, then what are we talking about? Dude, I feel like we could talk about this forever, man. I mean, I'm, 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 I gotta be a difficult edit. <laughs> No, not really. I'll no. give you. I'll give you some gems. But well, well now, now that you just cracked open a beer, no, no, after, no, 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 after no, I told you that I'm not drinking for the month of April, sort of just. I'm sorry, this guy rude. Yeah, uh, and he puts it right in front of me. Look at this. On purpose, you have the beer where it says no. beer is directly <laughs> squared off. This is Rock Austin WrestleMania yeah. promo. Just looking at each other. Just right with now. the with the Austin with the the beer foaming from the mouth, yeah. and he gets knocked out of his hands, and then the limp biscuit drop hits. Yeah. And it, if you if you think I didn't catch you peeping out the corner of your eye, then oh, my goat on, is that's, always that's, just that's art right there. Hanging listen, over. It's it's great. I I listen. Teddy Roosevelt, the the only the only president to 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 give a speech from the the steps of the Forest Hills Railroad Station. You know, you can find it out on YouTube. So uh, you know, I don't know. That's that's sort of you know what's very crazy? obscure and Queen uh, specific, but uh, Jay Joseph mm-hmm. from uh, Complex. I think you guys know each other. JT. JT. Yeah. 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 He was uh, he was over here and he's like, "Yo, bro, I like he's a, like, lot, a lot of the bros been on the show. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 You guys hold me down, bro. I appreciate it. I love talking to you guys. But he's looking around. He's like, "Yo, everything is like you." He's like, "Yo, I can't front. Mad random. So I need to points to that." Because, like, everyone that knows me knows that, like, politics is, like, I know that there's Republicans and Democrats. I, mm-hmm. I can't. We were talking about, like, yeah, I don't know what leaning left, leaning right. Right, right, like, right. That, 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 I just don't know. So he's like, yeah, that's mad random. But I'm like, dude, if you look at it, like, the message, the man yeah. in the arena, basically, you know, just to sum it up, is, like, everybody's a critic from the outside until right. they step into that octagon. Right. And then it's like, oh, it's different over here. Yeah. No, listen, it's it's always easier from the outside looking in, whether it's a startup or a podcast or you know, everyone wants the success. Everyone wants. You gave me one of my favorite bars ever. Do you remember it? Talk to me. I, I, man. You're giving me a lot of gems. So I feel that. Started off. I might be able to finish it. <laughs> Everybody wants the fruit of the labor, but they don't want the labor part. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. Everyone so wants true. to eat. No one wants to do the dishes. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's all sorts of things that go into this life and, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, I'm 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 a first time startup founder right now, but it's not my first rodeo. Like I was a very early employee at um, a, a startup previously, Elite Daily. 
like I was employee number seven. So, you know, I've been there. This computer is on its third company. It's a 2012 MacBook Pro. Listen, to shreds. It, it shows that it's a 2012. It's that heavy, thing it's is heavy as hell. And I'll tell you something, though. <laughs> but if you go into the Apple store and go buy a new MacBook and you get eight gigabytes of RAM and 250 gigabit hard drive or whatever. And I got double both those things. I got an SSD in here. I got 16 gigs of RAM. I could edit video on this ancient thing. You know what I mean? So it's like... Gets the job done. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, it's a tank. And it's the last MacBook that you could open up and edit the internal components. You could like, you know, replace the RAM. You could replace the hard drive. You could... And now everything's sort of welded together. You can't, you know, or, or you can't even like do anything with that. Yeah. So, but yeah, my, my point there is like, a lot of people are like, you know, they, they think the grass is always greener. They think I want to go start my own thing, do my own thing. It's it's never that easy. And a, a lot of the times I tell people, it's like, you have to have a great idea. You have to have better execution than that. And even if you do both those things, if your timing's off, you're dead. You know what I mean? So like, you really have to think long and hard about what you have in your life and, and, and what you... You know, like you you love the relationships in your life. They're all going to suffer if you go off and start your own business, no matter what it is, because it's go, you have to live and breathe it. You have to be there all the time. You have to dedicate ungodly hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like 830 right now. I'm about to like do an email sprint the second we get off this, you know, like, you know, it's it's, it's the sort of thing where you really have to live it. And even if you live it, it might not work. And then what, you know, like, you know, like what's your pain tolerance? Yeah, dude, you are, you are a thousand percent right. Like I'm loving everything that you're mentioning. And I know I'm definitely going to clip this, this part of the show because it's, it's true, man. It's, I don't think everyone's cut out for it. Definitely not. I don't think everyone's cut out. That's not a knock on anyone. No, it's not. And there's not, there's not a knock on being an employee. I I hate, I hate the idea that like everyone has to be a boss. No. Like every. Every there's a role to be played and there's a great life to, life to be had when you're working for someone else too. Like that, there's totally something you could do there. Like there, there's this there's this myth online where it's like yeah, like the everything's all jolly in entrepreneurship and and building your own thing. And it's like you can build yourself a great life, but there's lots of risks. There's lots of pain you're gonna suffer. There's lots of things you're going to endure to make it out on the other side. And it still might not work out as you dreamed it or planned it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, it's tricky and it's tough. And you really have to take a look at what this is and be like, am I ready to dedicate everything I have and more to this? And, because, be, and be in the red. And be in the red. the majority of it. And be in the red. Like what, what's your pain tolerance? What, what, when, when you have a good job and you're like, all right, I'm going to leave this and go do something. Like, like are you sure? Are, are you, you know, rent's got to be paid. Everything's got to be done. You got to be able to like take care of business. You got to be able to, you know, build still. You have to be able to do everything you have to do. But like, if you're, if, if you're really willing to, to, to endure all that, then go for it. If you have a great idea, if you're ready to execute, if you're ready to do all that, go for it. But don't listen to the gurus online who are telling you that everything is good mm. and that this is like an amazing lifestyle. It's like, yo, either they have tremendous scars that they're not sharing or there's a trust fund or something else or, behind it that you don't know about. Or how about this? They're 10, 20 plus years in the game. That? I think that's a big part about it, right? Of like everybody, 
everybody that starts a podcast, you know what they say? I want to be the next Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I want to be the next Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. You realize those guys are in their mid-50s. Right. You realize that <laughs> Gary V is always saying how he didn't create a piece of content until he was 30. Mm-hmm. I just turned 30. 30 Mazel, gang. Mazel. Yeah, Mazel yeah. Tov, my friend. Salute. I got multiple drinks. Hey, yeah. There's black coffee in here. You're staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. You're getting the caffeine rush. And you're getting up, twisted. A little down. Yeah. There you go. But dude, um, I, I've talked about this a lot. And lately, it was funny how I was telling you this before we started recording. Um, I had a friend of mine. She DM'd me on Instagram after I was fucking around in the gym. Because I do jujitsu now. And this was about a couple of weeks after Connor lost to, to Poirier. And now the whole evolution of MMA now is like the calf kicks. How you, you told me Bad Poirier. You told so me Bad Poirier. I, 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 it was my birthday weekend. You called me and we talked about it. And Oh, my God. And I, and I called you and last you called year me and, for the heat. And yeah, we didn't bet the heat. Oh. We didn't bet the heat last year. Yo. And, and you're like, yo, yo, Poirier. I think I don't know if you said Poirier knockout. I think you might have said Poirier knockout. Like, no, I remember what I told you because I bet it. I said this fight is not going into the third yeah, round. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, it's going to be first or second. I was like, really? I was like, yo, oh bet, God. bet Poirier in the under. It was like plus 700, under two and a half rounds. And then Connor was like plus 110. Such a nice Connor edge. in the under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, regardless, you're going to turn a profit and hopefully it's Dustin for more of a profit. And then, of course, I'm such I a mark. But, uh, <laughs> dude, so uh, the evolution of the calf kicks, like, how do you stop the calf kicks? So I was fucking around. I don't know how it happened. Just like at the end of one practice, I was just like, yo, I got a video idea. So I give my buddy the phone. I was like, yo, pretend you're going to throw a calf kick, right? And I was like, look, you're going to pretend that you got hurt. You're going to shuffle away, shuffle away. (laughs) We're calling this on the possum kick as they approach because they think they got you hurt. Bam, slap of the thigh, sweet chin music. That's put away Stone Cold, Undertaker, Kane, all of them. So I can put away some jobber in the mid card. You know what I'm saying? So I put up that video and my friend, and she's like a homie. So like, I knew her intentions, but mm. I was just fucking around with her. She's like, dude, I've noticed that you don't really do much. And I was like, excuse me? She's like, no, no, no. She's like, I knew you were going to say that. I don't mean it that way. She's like, you really just do like four or five things every day. And I was like, yeah, that's all I love to do. Right. It's the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's jujitsu. It's working out. And it's like sports, video games, like yeah that's it it's those five six things wrestling like i just i've through the years i found the relationships you talked about the relationships and the sacrifices yeah yeah bro like my relationships with all my friends could be better my relationship with my parents could be better even the relationship with myself like i exhaust myself bro like staying up all the time like i have to nap in the afternoon people like yo we called you at two o'clock why didn't you answer i was like bro you know it's nap time from 12 to 3 every day 12 to 3 at night, 12 to 3 in the afternoon. I need to. And that, that relationship is the most crucial. And, like, I think something we all have to remember, especially when... Because the, 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 the rush of emotions when you're building something of your own intraday, I'll, I'll, you'll have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And, like, you it's like, oh, anyone. my God, like, this is going to work so well. This is going to be amazing. And then it's like, like, and I could be an hour later and be like, fuck, like, this isn't working. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, I feel like everyone in this space goes through that, but it's how you mitigate those feelings. It's like, you could either let them manifest externally or you could navigate them and be like, all right, like, I'm just going to take the good with the bad and just like take it day by day. Like I look at RJ Barrett, man. He, I'm 10 years older than him, but like 
if he airballs a shot or swishes a shot, same emotion, same stone cold face, man. Like he he's he's gonna be something for a long time in the NBA because of that. Like I nothing gets to him, and and his and his it's not even a lack of emotion. It's it's emotional um, stability. You know, like it's something where the vast majority of the players in the NBA now, even elite players, like Luca complains to the refs ad nauseum, you know, even guys like Bron and AD, you see it, right? With with RJ, very rarely, this early in the game, very rarely is, is he doing that. So, you know, I see that. I'm like, man, I need to be more like that sometimes because I, I can't let the things get to me, you know? You yeah. got to just like, you, you got to just like, you know, everything in this 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 whole thing's a roller coaster. You know, you're gonna go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I've I've worked on projects that have, have done tremendously well. I've worked on projects that have failed. You know, so seeing both those things, I've had highs and lows during both processes. You have to understand that, like, whatever this is, like, you're gonna personally grow from it. So you have to make sure you you take care of yourself because you're working on something now. But make sure you're working on yourself while you're doing it. It's it it's hard and it takes a while to find that happy balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still going through that. I've really done a good job of not being on my phone on the weekends as much. Yeah. Oh, my screen time is embarrassing. Well, my screen time through the day. Can we share numbers? Yeah, I'm I'm roughly my floor is six. Oh God, you're way better than me. Six hours, like Monday through Friday, with highs of nine to ten. Yeah, I'm consistent. Also, some of them are misleading because, like, today it's going to show two hours additional because my phone is running right now. Right, right, right. Right, because of the camera. I try not to beat myself up with a number, but I'm like, I've I've seen 12 on the report. I'm like, dude, Sundays during the football season, 13. My phone doesn't stop. My phone is charging. It's on. And I'm on DraftKings app. You know, we're degenning over here. Of course. Of course. Of course. We're trying to take down GPPs. I'm tweeting, live tweeting. I have three different games on. Right. But it's all it's all connected. You know what I mean? Like and so I don't like I don't feel bad about it, but I think about times where like I'm like, okay, let me make sure I'm not absent from the moment. You know, like I'm married now. You know what I mean? Mm. And congrats on the sex, buddy. Oh well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So one time I was streaming on Twitch. Trying to be wholesome. And <laughs> I was streaming. I tell this story all the time. It's one of my favorite stories, and it's blossomed into like a world of its own. But I'm on Twitch one time, and shouts to Daniel Gibson. He's a Patreon member, so that's your roll call shout out. Wait, he, Booby Gibson? N- no, but oh, you know, I never thought of it. I th- I thought you meant like Cavs legend. Oh no, nah, no. Nah. 2007 Cavs legend nah. Booby Gibson. That one iconic game that like he won because he Dude. shot like six or six or three. <laughs> Dude, LeBron made so many careers off that off, oh, the, off man, those Cavs squads. For real. Fuck, Larry Hughes is like the poster child. No, Larry Hughes was a legend before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yo, he uh he was a he's a Twitch subscriber, right? And like Patreon member. Shout out to Daniel. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Daniel. DG. And he he comes back and like I didn't see him, you know, like when you're on Twitch, bro, you recognize usernames and shit. People coming into your streams all the time, and he he comes into the stream. He's like, "Yo, man, what's going on?" I'm like, "Dude, where you been? I haven't seen you in like seven, yeah. eight months. Like, what the fuck? I'm glad you're alive. You know, it's COVID, crazy times and right. shit." And he's like, "Yo, man, my uh, my wife, we just had a kid, whatnot." And I was like, "Buddy, I was twisted too. Awesome. I was drinking beers. Beautiful. I was like, "Yo." Congrats on the sex, buddy. Oh, oh, my whole stream just started laughing. So now it's like anytime my friend gets a girlfriend or gets engaged, it's like, congrats on the sex, man. (laughs) 
love it, love it, love it. Go back to that. You're talking about like like yeah, allocating I mean, time and, and no, it's I. You know what I mean? Like having having a moment. You know, if you have a person in your life, like, like make sure you have a moment. No phones. Like you know, like it could be something as simple as like let's let's. I mean, damn, I'm sounds so washed if I say anything, but like. You know, like it could be like, yo, let's let's let's. I'm in the burbs now too, so it's like extra dry. But <laughs> it's COVID. What do you want us to do? Like, yo, let's go let's go to the supermarket and just like laugh and like not have our phones out or like let's make dinner and chill out and like it, like I said, everything I was gonna say is gonna sound very washed. But Bro, one of the it's f- important because like like it's like everyone's so connected to their devices all the time. Yeah. Like getting away from that, like being in the moment, being more conscious. Like I'm trying to when I'm with my parents, I try not to be on my phone. I'm very bad at it. Mm. But like I want to be in the moment and be around them and make sure I'm making the eye contact, make sure I'm having the conversations and I'm deeply engaged. Cause like, you know, like everyone lost someone this year, I'm sure. Yep. You know, so like if you have parents, if you have grandparents, if you have anyone el- bro, anyone. anyone in your life that who, you spend like, a lot of time value with. Make sure that you actually value them. Make sure mm-hmm. you're like valuing that moment because like none of this is promised. You know, we we had a whole pandemic to remind us of that this past year, but let's let's make sure that when we're having these moments, we're in the moment. Nah, man, you're right, and and I think it goes beyond just family members. Just anyone that you spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. Dude, my buddy Sergio is up on the wall. He passed away yes. in, in December. You know what I mean? Like. You just can't take that shit for granted, Absolutely. and and I think there's one thing that I've really if, realized: family's not blood. It's it, it's who you choose to be family. Yeah, man. And also, I realized that I think as as I've gotten older, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Two things, real quick. Mm-hmm. One, uh, before I get into that one, and I'll remember. Um, do you think one of the reasons why you're on your phone so much is because your business is also on your phone? So, one of the questions that I ask on Patreon on the six pack cheap plug is what's your relationship with social media and i get a lot of different answers depending on yeah. who comes on like i've had people that are social media coordinators like right. i love social media i need to be on my phone my, if i'm not on mm-hmm. my phone for eight plus hours i'm not doing my job right my entire business the brand that i built some of the opportunities i've gotten even so, connecting with you is because of social media right. so I don't want to just shit on it because that's the one thing everyone no. always does immediately so do you think with you building starting something new that's the reason why your screen time is so much. Yo, I, I every dollar I made as an adult is because of the internet. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I everything as soon as these became these, and I was early on the iPhone. Like, I never had a BlackBerry, which meant like, yo, no BBM. You got curved by a lot of girls in high school, in New York City, in the in the mid two thousands. Like, let's keep trash, it real. Like, it was trash, yeah. if, you, if you didn't have the if you didn't have that or, or before that, What's the, side, the sidekick. Oh, I was a yeah, sidekick. Yeah. I was sidekick, Blackberry, iPhone. Right. I love the sidekick. I had my, a bum ass Sony time. Ericsson soap bar looking. <sighs> yeah, man. It was it was rough. What was the most unbreakable phone of all time? Was oh, it not the Nokia? No, it was the, the Nokia's. Were, yeah, they were sturdy. You could fucking <laughs> throw that shit to Mike Trout. He could blast it. But it still for, works. For, for the younger <laughs> listeners, yo, texts were like, First of all, you had to use the the numeric keypad. So if you wanted to like write a T, you had to press eight like four times, <laughs> something like that, right? And and not only that, but text cost like ten or fifteen cents per. So you couldn't have a long winded text conversation, you know? Like if, if you know, I'm talking about like you you had to you're either gonna get killed by your mom because you ran up the bill on the text, or you had to wait till 
the night or the weekend so you could get those free phone call free hours. Free after night, right? right? The the free nights and weekends were on most of the oh 18. Those plans were hitting. So 6.30 hit or 7 o'clock hit, call Shorty up, boom. Yep. You know, you, 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 you know, so like now every, <laughs> I'm like, hey, everything's so different, you know. But getting back to the topic of the social media, um, I, I, listen, there, there's a lot of negativity that could be had on it. It's crazy how they direct the algorithms to, to like, you know, you might get, without even knowing, you might get marketed to, like, whether it's like, oh, like, you know, this is a person who has this sort of look. So you started looking at, like, whether it's, like, clothes or jewelry or cars or plastic surgery or whatever it is, once you look at posts that feature that, then they start serving you more posts of that kind on the explore page on Instagram, you know what I mean? Like they're like, Oh, this, and it's all automated. Right. So that can sort of start like really negatively affecting you and making you think, man, like what I have isn't good enough. What I am isn't good enough. So then it doesn't even become aspirational. It becomes really, really self deprecating and, and, and dangerous. But you know, social media can also be a wonderful blessing because Man, this past year, right? We were all in lockdown. We we couldn't physically see each other, but we could keep up with what each other mm-hmm. was doing, mm-hmm. communicate through all sorts of mediums. I mean, man, send each other memes and just like a, a you know a good belly laugh in the middle of the day could you know make or break a day, you know. Yeah. So, um, but as far as business, you know, networking opportunities, I still think Twitter is the greatest thing in the world. Um, you know, I'm intrigued by new platforms. You know, there are a lot popping up. Clubhouse made a lot of noise this year. Clubhouse is sort of really intriguing because audio was a neglected space in real time. Like podcasts exploded. Music platforms are obviously massive. But real time audio, public, accessible, explorable, was, was a novel concept. And... Now you see other platforms like Twitter, LinkedIn, all these other platforms are getting in this space where they're trying to build their own version of Clubhouse, right? So, uh, you know, social media, I, I, I'm not going to fully endorse it. And I don't think you necessarily have to be on social to be successful or to build a successful business. But there are so many tools you can leverage that can like fortify your network as something that you can depend on. Like I've met incredible people like yourself through social oh, media. Tremendous. You know, this, is, this is a very wholesome episode. <laughs> but, um, you know, or, or you could, you know, let the world know what you're doing from as a marketing tool. It's tremendous. So, you know, whether it's spreading information or, you know, just having a good laugh. Like I, I think it, it, it's, it's a tool that, can be used for good, but a lot of the times without people even knowing it's negatively affecting them. The last thing I want to mention before we move on to some NBA stuff, I definitely want to pick your brain about, and it was something that I was going to ask you before I got into the social media thing is the concept of time has become something I've started valuing a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it again. It sucks that something so drastic like losing someone right. had to change it for me. But I was starting the whole concept of giving people their flowers last year. 
I really made a conscious effort to... I remember you doing that. Dude, I would hit up people that I haven't spoke to in a long time. Just like... Bro, it take it literally takes you 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. While you're on the can. While you're on the can. Hey, man. I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. That's it. You don't need nothing. And yeah. and if you're on the other end of that and you're receiving that text, they might not need nothing from you, bro. Right. They're just genuinely like, yo, man, I'm thinking about you. Like my, my friends tease me because I'm I'm the the king of FaceTime. Like I, I'm first of all, I the way I look at it is like if our ancestors had video chat technology, they look at us and it's like this is science fiction. Yeah. It's like we have the tech and if you're on Wi Fi, listen, if your data plane's messed up, I don't know, you could holler at some people and, and get that fixed. But we have video calling technology. This was science fiction. Who am I to not use it? Yeah. That sounds arrogant. Well, also, I... So, I mean, my friends are annoyed with the, the amount of FaceTiming I do, but, like, I, 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 I love it. And it's like, I, you know, if I can't physically be there with people, it's, it's the next best thing. I want to see. Right. Yeah. I also, fun fact, for some weird reason, I don't know why, mm. I don't receive phone calls in here. When I'm in this room in particular... You got to FaceTime me or FaceTime audio. Right. So when I FaceTime people, they know that I'm in this area here. You're on the grind. You, you just know, like, if you get a FaceTime from me, oh, he's in his studio. So you and you're that. always here because, oh, you know. I am. There you go. Always here. Okay. Uh, I got some topics for you. Sure. He's not going to win MVP. Yep. But I think he should be in the discussion. Sounds like a man I'm about to apologize to. Chris Paul. Yep. Is having a sensational season. Chris Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is something nobody does on NBA Twitter. I'm apologizing for my previous remarks. Um, before John Wall got hurt and he and Chris Paul signed these gargantuan at the time contracts, I thought Chris Paul had the worst contract in basketball. Chris Paul making 41-ish million a year in his mid-30s and approaching his mid to late 30s. I was like, has it, already had the flashes of missing time because of these injuries that are right. It was it nagging was, and, and constant. Cons- and the consistent. narrative of can't get to the dance, you know, there and, and I'm not one to buy into narratives like that. Like it's a team sport. But Chris Paul has made every single team he's joined a better team. Every single franchise. If you look at the records the year before he was there and the year after, literally every single team, including the Rockets, which was a perennial playoff team, James Harden starring. I think he was coming off his MVP season when 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 Paul joined. They Chris, want he won the MVP with Chris Paul. Okay, okay. So I was off by a year, but they and there's an alternate universe where James Harden has at least four MVPs. And don't do this to me. You know that it still hurts me that he didn't win it the year that oh, Russ won it. I mean, it, it, you know when when. Russ won over him. It was it was individual stats over team success. When Steph won it over him, it was it was team success over individual stats. It was like they changed the narrative for MVP every single year to not give it to James Harden. James Harden is the most gifted offensive player in the world. Top five all time, maybe offensively, I want to say. And like I that's like if we're talking, it's like Kobe, Wilt, Michael Jordan. Maybe KD. Like, that's where James Harden is. Appreciate the greatness. And I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and it pains me to watch the Nets be so great. Mm. But James Harden, you know, like, there are three guys who have led the league in points per game and assists per game. And it's Russ, um, the big O, Oscar Robertson, and James Harden. 
Wilt had a season where he had the most total assists, and you know he won all the scoring titles. But right, like James Harden's about to get his second assist title. He's got two scoring titles under his belt. He's got the highest scoring average in my lifetime, and I watched Kobe drop thirty-five a game. Like, appreciate this, and it's nuts because the way he does it, people, some people hate. I think it's fantastic. But enough about James Harden. We're talking about Chris Paul. Yeah, and the reason why I bring up Chris Paul yeah. is because Phoenix, Phoenix is, I think, a team that we should take seriously. Yeah. Well, listen, we've been waiting for Devin Booker to have this opportunity. Right. Because everyone knows he's been a killer since he got in the league. Well, he's also been playing out of position because they haven't had a guy to... He's had to be an everything guard. Right. Or, you know, when Ricky was there, it, it, didn't, it was fun, now but it wasn't winning pl- basketball. Now he's playing where he should have been playing all this time. So they're 35-14 and 14 at the time we're recording. They're on a, a six-game winning streak. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. I want to just step away from that for a second. And the reason why I'm saying Chris Paul is because you look at this team since Devin Booker got there. 24 wins, no playoffs. Mm-hmm. 21 wins, no playoffs. 19 wins, no playoffs. 34 wins last year. But is it fair to say that was the COVID year? That was the they got hot in the bubble. Remember they won? They, they went undefeated in the they bubble. They were like eight or nine and zero oh in the bubble. Right. So basically, you're looking at a team that had 26 wins last year. It, it, that was an anomaly. Short season, hot, but yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they come in this year. They're 35 and 14. They're two and a half games back of the Jazz. What's different, bro? It's Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. It's, and, it's 100% Chris Paul. And, and you look at where the Thunder are at, right? And I know SGA got hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're really just like, let's just get a shitload of draft picks. They got 17 first-round picks, 17 second-round picks over the next, like, six years. So they, they don't want to win. But you look at, like, how bad the Thunder are. The Thunder do last year, plus 210. My buddy Marco, he was on yep. the pod. He's like, yo, it's my favorite to make the playoff bet in the league. We bet it last year when they made the playoffs. Because of Chris Paul, this year the Suns as a as a top three seed. You know, I made a case for Devin Booker at the start of the year. I was like, "Yo, he's fifty to one to win the MVP." Not not that he's MVP now, but I was like, "Yo, there's some parallels to Chris Paul going to Houston and James Harden winning it, and he really just needed a guy to take a little bit off the load yep. for him, focus only on the scoring." So I was like, "Yo, he's my favorite long shot bet on the board." Yeah, but then I didn't even think about Chris Paul now. He's not going to be in the running. I'm saying that he's he going to finish be. probably top five. He should. Yeah. I think he should be all NBA. It's going to be like, he's going to be all NBA. I, Maybe not first team because the well, guards. Who, who would be over him for the guards? Well, Harden. Harden, Dame, Curry. Dame. Mm. Uh, Curry's mm. having a monster year, He is. Man. He is. But Well, it depends if he doesn't play again. Like, if he but misses more games. Team success, too. Like, I mean, you That's know, and, and, you know, he's had an injury plague season. Like, Chris Paul's balling. I got this. I pulled up my own tweet. I'm not not to pat myself on the back, but the only point guard with a higher career win percentage without a championship than Chris Paul is Kevin Johnson. CP3's records before and after joining a team. Before with the Hornets, 18 and 64. His first year, 38 and 44. Clippers before, 32 and 50. After, 40 and 26. Rockets before, 55 and 27. After sixty five and seventeen, Thunder forty nine and thirty three. After forty four and twenty eight, shortened season, 
higher winning percentage. Mm-hmm. This year, the Suns were 34 and 39, and what right now they're 30, in the COVID season. Yeah, and and right and now, now they're, they're 35 they, and 14. Yeah, they have higher more, win percentage in, in fewer games. Yeah, they already exceeded last year's win total in fewer games. Like, come on, man! They're the second seed. They got an opportunity to really make some noise in the playoffs. They have. Yo, how about this? What a matchup that might be in the first round. Mavs, Mavs, Suns. I pray the Mavs lose some more games. I want a second lot. I want a lottery pick this year as a Knicks fan. That's true. That's well, true. I, you know what? I, I think there is opportunity for the Knicks to trade up in the draft, and it's a stacked draft. Like, do we want two picks in the teens, or do we want to trade up and package something to potentially get a top five pick? Would someone trade that? I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's going to be a possibility, but it's going to be a really interesting draft. Are you worried about some of these injuries for the Lakers? Because they're starting to slip. It's They're the five seed. They're only three games ahead of the Mavericks. Like, listen, I know ultimately you just want LeBron and AD to be healthy, and I get it. But, man, you're talking about a route that you might have to take where they potentially might play the Clippers in the first round, bro. That's seven home games. So you play, but yeah, but that's still, that's a team you would want to play a little bit later on. So you're thinking about like Clippers in the first round, maybe a Suns second round. The way, the way I look at those situations where like they could fall to seven, right? As, or, you know, you don't want to fall to seven because then you have a play in game and then it's like, you got to win one or you're out because mm. they have the seven to 10. Yeah. And then eight, nine play in, um, and if you're the seven or eight seed, you only have to win one game. Right. Right. So it's a, it's a nice little gauntlet. You know, I, I, I like the, the yeah, well, That's how Portland got in last year. Right. Very right. interesting, man. It's, it's exciting. Think about it. It gave a lot of teams life at the end, mm-hmm. which is dope. It's like that second wild card in it, baseball. B- basketball playoffs are like baseball playoffs in the sense that it's all about who gets hot. Now, I do not want to face LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the first round if I'm any team. I don't think I'm the favorite. I could be Denver. I could be... I could be uh, Phoenix, you know. I I could be any of these teams. I do not want to see LeBron James, or I don't want to see Anthony Davis tipping off against us. You know, there's that's a scary sight, and there are no first round exits for LeBron. Mm. That's not gonna happen. That might happen. No, it's not gonna happen. It's really not gonna happen. So, you know, I. It's just a matter of the severity of these injuries, because like. They might hedge this year and say, like, yo, let's let's build for next year. It's unlikely, but the you know, if 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 one of the two of them aren't right, then they're in trouble. If they both get right for the playoffs, then to me, they're the favorite in the West. Without a doubt. But I don't know how you can Man, you might have to muster it up, dude, because this is year eighteen for him, man. They say that every year. Nah, I know. <laughs> I know. You're right. And he was the odds on MVP before he got hurt. Yeah, you know so, I have a fourteen to one MB ticket, and it broke my heart when he got hurts. hurt. I listen. This um, is the second yo NFL. I had Kyler Murray forty to one. After the Hail Murray, he was plus one twenty to Patrick Mahomes is minus one forty. Yeah, and then he got hurt, and then Embiid became the favorite minus one thirty five at FanDuel, and then he got hurt. And I'm like, oh, I'm so close. By the way. I've said this many times. NFL MVP next year, twenty-five to one. DraftKings, ready? Justin Herbert. Ooh, fits the mold, baby. Fits the mold. I'm not mad at that. If he wins MVP next year, I might cancel myself with the outrageous shit that I'm gonna do. 
talking about starting OnlyFans, streaking down Ola Steinway Street. I hit my props hard, man. I hit my props hard. I the other team we were high on NBA wise last year, which we've been I've been high on for a long time, is Denver. And and the Joker looks like he's probably gonna run away with the MVP this year. Right. And it's listen, hard to argue against that. If you play season long if you play season long NBA and you don't have Nikola Jokic this year, you definitely played yourself. Yeah. That, yeah. He's, he's 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 he, he's he the way he plays is, is just remarkable. Like yeah. it, it, it's well, what's the what is it about them in Utah? Why aren't people picking them to win? What is it? Is it that they don't have? No, none of them have been to the dance. None of them have been to the finals on either team. I don't think. Right, but they've been to well, not Utah, but Denver was in the conference finals last. That's year. not the dance. It's close though. Close is cool. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, but what is it? Is it that they you, don't have that? Like, Jokic to the NBA fan, they they've known about him. They they've known that this is what he's capable of. We know about it. But is it to? But people don't really understand what it is. It the efficiency is terrifying. the 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 fact that like from a two man game that he and Murray run, and I love to Jamal Murray, like absolute gunner, like. No filter of a of, a, of he never sees a look he doesn't like. Fearless at the rack, unlimited range, awesome player to watch. Nikola Jokic now, especially post and 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 you know the Aaron Gordon trade was not only just great to acquire Aaron Gordon because he's going to flash to the rim and finish with power, and Jokic is going to find him, and it's already happened a lot, but like not having Gary Harris there anymore. You know, there was a lot of confusion with Denver just had so many wings, whether it was Barton, whether it was, you know, like if you, if you look anything post mellow, there's just like a lack of identity with the wing players. There was a bunch of talented guys fighting for a spot. Mm. And, and now it's like, all right, now the roles are a bit more defined. You know, now you have Jamal Murray there, you know, you have, and you have a bunch of guys there that are exciting and crafty and the NBA, if you look across the board, the play style is so similar. It's like everyone bit the Maury mold of like Mad threes, threes well, at dude, the rim and, 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 you know, either getting to the rack or, or launching threes and it works. It's like, it, it does work. It's made the game unwatchable though. It's hard. But like, then you, if you look at a team like New York, they're coming through with the mid range and, right. and it's like defenses aren't used to that. It, you know, basketball is a fluid sport where they're going to be waves of play styles. You know, Denver in the 80s scoring 140 points a game, giving up 135. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's there's waves where, like, it's high pace, then it gets gritty, and this and that. There's going to be ways to be successful. There are all sorts of championship teams. There's not one play style that has been successful solely in the NBA. So the Warriors broke the mold when, you know, they're like, ah, a team that launches that many threes can't win a championship they're not an outlier though bro because no. the guys that were shooting all those threes were the two best shooters of all time arguably and i mean one of them is but the other one's like what no Mount Rushmore. he's right there yeah. right he's right there so yeah it's dope to jack up mad threes if you right. have two of the best right. shooters in the world and i call it the maury mold and really it's the d'antoni mold right so like it's the seven seconds or less sons mold and then it's amplified it's like it's like a caricature of that now so 
that's gotten to the point. And, you know, if you go into any high school gym in America, kids are launching 30 footers. Right. Right. So that's part of the game. You know, Steph has that become the new one handed catch. Uh, <laughs> it's man. There, there's a, there's a few of those in youth basketball and I coach youth basketball. So it's like, so here's the, here's, yeah. here's the logic behind it. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just connected the dots. Odell made that catch in 2014. Mm-hmm. It's around the time the Warriors really started to, mm-hmm. and now everybody is. First of all, if a game is tied 120, 120, you know a guy is pulling a step back three for the gram. It's crazy, and it's a bad shot. And if it goes, social media goes crazy. But it's it's a bad shot, right? Yeah. And well, then in football now, guys are making a ridiculous amount of one handed catches at a. I don't want to call it an alarming rate, but there are some times where a guy could just make a textbook catch, but it's like, nah, I got to go one-handed on this one. Guys are getting paid off highlights. Guys are getting recruited off highlights, too, for years now. I had this conversation with my high school football coach how he was like, the art of textbook tackling has been eliminated. It's gone. And he... Once Once the hit stick hit Madden, it was over. And he brought up a hell of a point, and it's so true, like... You're never going to, if you're a free safety in high school, you're not putting the textbook, head up, Mm -hmm. shoulder square, wrap around, drive him to the ground. No, you're putting the one where Robbie's coming over the middle. He don't see me. CTE for everybody. Yeah, CTE, eat this whole shit up. Here comes the boom. Dude, I started like six people's highlight tapes in high school because of that song. Here comes the boom by Nelly. But it was, people are putting their big hits, their big moments. So now I think that the the three-point shot, it's it's made the game a little unwatchable in the sense of you could tell in the first quarter if a team's going to be in the game or not. Because if they're like one for nine from the three, you're like, all right, they're drawing dead. It's about to be a 20-point deficit. But also on the flip side, you've never seen more 20-point double-digit leads completely vanish. Right. Well, here's, here's the issue with that, right? If you shoot, and a lot of guys are shooting 40% from three now. If you shoot 40% from three on 10 possessions, right? You take 10 threes, mm-hmm. right? You're getting 12 points. Right. Tremendous math right there. That's PSAL math right there, folks. To get that sort of efficiency on two-point shots, you got to shoot 60% yeah. to match that. Yeah. Well, that's where the analytics come in. Right. So the analytics say, like, okay, who shoots 60% from mid-range? Nobody. Who shoots 60% at the rim? Handful of guys. So who shoots 40% from three? shit ton of people in the NBA. So if 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 they looked at that and they're like, shoot all the threes or get to the rim and shoot your free throws, you know, it's efficient basketball. How and many guys do you think in the NBA could drop 30 a game if they had the offense run through them? A lot. A lot of guys. And if you look at the scoring, like a lot of guys are dropping 30 or close to it. Like guys are dropping like 27. 27 used to lead the league yeah. in our lifetime a lot. And now, like, 27 is, like, ninth or 10th place. Yeah, like, I was going to say, like, like Jokic, Jokic is dropping, like, 27, 11, and 9, and he's, like, ninth in the league. Bro, scoring. the reason why I thought of this this right now is I was watching a video of some high school kid called out Brian Scalabrini. Oh, he got washed. He got left he on zero. fucking yeah. molly him. PSA to anyone, you are not better than any NBA player at all. Yeah, and PSA to NBA players and athletes, just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you can fight. Correct. That's another one. Yeah. Nate Robinson. Next tape. Stick to what you know. Much love, but it's a different ball game, man. No. Yeah. And whoever game. was in his camp did him so dirty. But but yo, back to that. Like yeah. 
if you were to tell, if you were to tell, I'm trying to think of a name that's like gonna be outrageous, but might make sense. But I'm thinking of a guy that you could tell, yo, man, tonight you're gonna shoot 28 times. How many guys, if you were to be like, yo, the offense is running through you, they could drop 30 a game at the NBA level? I, I mentioned it before, Will Barton could do it. Yeah. Will, Will Barton's exciting. You know, like guys like that, like... Like the Gary Harris, Will Barton kind right. of any, guys. Any of those, anyone who gets featured, you know, like if it, guys are getting 15 points on what, 10 shot attempts? Maybe yeah. double that, like that's 30. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like I, I'm not saying you're going to run an offense through Joe Harris, but if Joe Harris got to shoot 25 to 30 times a game. There was also the beef in the NFL when people were, a lot of NFL wide receivers were kind of subtweeting and, and sub-messaging Michael Thomas after that year that he broke the catch record. And they're like, yo, if I was catching three-yard slants and button hooks, I'd set records too. So it's like if, and he was seeing, I think he averaged like 13 targets a game it came out to. Dude, if you were to throw 13 targets, I pray every week that Julio Jones sees 13 targets. I, I pray he sees eight. Julio! I pray he sees eight, right? Like, you're talking about if you saw what Devontae Adams did this year, but he was seeing double-digit targets. Like, yeah, yeah. bro, he's going to be productive. If you're going to throw Keenan Allen double-digit targets, like, right. there's a lot of wide receivers that could be in the Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins mold yeah. if they're going to get featured like that. And I feel the same way in the in the NBA where... No, no one expected Julius Randle be to be 25 and 10 hell no bro and 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 five the five assists is what i love yeah um how good of a contract was that that he's on you know Look what at how he's and listen another person i'm apologizing to because i mean last year was rough and and he he felt the pressure of being the man in new york like and like, also yo there's a better roster that's around them this year as opposed to last year absolutely well it's also the system too because yeah, like new coach also last year he'd spin into a double team Oh, so many times. So many that times. Was a, that was a Randall special. Yeah. Spin into double team, lose control lose of the ball. Lose the ball, and it's like, ah, Fast shit. Fast break the other go. way. And... But now, I mean, yo, he's in control. He's finding co- teammates in the corner, finding guys cutting. The offense is running through him, and it makes sense. And this has been one of my most enjoyable years as a Knicks fan because these guys are all playing for each other. And, it, it, and I know... Listen, we're floating around 500. We might be a playoff team. The East is very tight. You know, we're 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 looking great. We're, we lost a heartbreaker against the Nets yesterday. They lose so many games the same way. So many games in like one or two possessions. Shit calls at the end. Like you know, a few things go the wrong way, and then we get emotional. And it's like, all right, third quarter came out flat. You know, like we'll, we'll have a strong first half. Third quarter come out flat gets close, we might lose the lead, we bounce back, then we're fighting uphill, and then all of a sudden one or two calls go the, the wrong way, and then boom, you know, end of story, heartbreak. Um, I'm just in this, you know, abusive relationship. But again, this season's been a joy because they're playing for each other. They're doing something that like, you know, they're, they're playing their hearts out on defense. They're winning gritty games. And... They're competing and they're they're building towards something, right? Like, it's not we're not chasing a superstar. We're building around what we have. Alec Burks was not a featured guy on a lot of teams. He's gonna give us twenty whenever we need it. Reggie Bullock was not a featured guy on any teams, and he he's gonna get you fifteen. He's gonna get you eighteen. You know, RJ, who has a nineteen year old, people were saying, oh, he's a bust because John Morant and Zion Williamson had monster rookie years. 
Yeah. If you look at what he's done this year, the growth, you know, like, and Julius Randle. I mean, Julius Randle is going to finish in the top 10 in MVP. Especially if they make the playoffs, yeah. Even as a 500 team, because he's, he's putting up monster numbers, and it's not just numbers to put up numbers for the sake of it. He's doing it in a way that's winning basketball games. I want to I wanna wrap up with this. Mm-hmm. James Harden underwent an MRI. Going to be reevaluated in approximately 10 days. So now uncertainty with Harden, uncertainty with Durant. Man, everything is not set in stone when it comes to sports, man. One injury and it can alter a lot of things because, you know, at the beginning of the year, there were 14 to 1 Nets Lakers to make the finals. Right. Because no one knew about Durant coming there. back. Harden wasn't there yep. yet. And now it's the it's the heavy favorite. But again, you just don't know how you feel about some of these injuries in Brooklyn, man, as we wrap up here. So Brooklyn's going to be all about timing. Because um, they also haven't played together. But that, I, do, that does not matter. It don't matter to you? I'm um, with you. I'm you with have you. three killers on the court. I just wanted to present that question. No, of but. course. And people, people doubt whether they're going to be able to play together. You have two guys who've won rings. Another guy who's, like I said, the most gifted offensive player in the world. And the reason why he's gifted is because he's going to find a way to make it work. James Harden's the glue there, you know, because Kyrie is listed as a point guard, but he's a feature guard. You know, he's a point guard the way Allen Iverson was a point guard. He's the shortest guy on the team, and he's going to, you know, he's not, you know, he just had, I think, a 15 assist game, but that's not the norm for him. He's more likely to get you 30, you know. KD, top five offensive player all time, you know, he's in that conversation as well. We proven track record, you know, proven to go against the best player in the world and get the better of him, right? Whether you like the Warriors being the super team they were or not, like he got two rings in two seasons there. So, you know, you put those three guys on the court with the rest of that net squad, you let them play. The defense is the one thing that's questionable. But if you have those guys outscoring the other team, I don't like any team in the East chances if they're healthy against them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the only way that the East becomes interesting is if two of those guys are. But I'll tell you something. I pray for a Nets-Knicks first-round matchup. I pray for it as a Knicks fan because the Knicks have taken them to the limit each time they've played pretty much. And even... If they have a full roster, there's a huge inherent pressure on the Nets. Yeah, because the the, the Knicks are pairing, playing carefree; they're playing with house money there. There's no expectations, there's no expectations for them to huh? even win a single game. Yeah, you win one, headlines start shifting. Yeah, you win two, start breathing heavy. That game gets goes to seven games in Brooklyn with Knicks fans there. Like, there are no Nets fans. Like, yeah. like, like Knicks fans are psychopaths. The Nets win, and there's a parade down Atlantic Avenue. You know how many Knicks fans are just going to be there booing? Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, like what? Like, you know, the, the, you got the folks from Jersey who are still salty. Their team's gone. You have all the people in Brooklyn who have the turnover of, you know, of, of new residents, like, like no other place in America. I mean, who's really there? What, where's the long-term culture? You know, where's the pain and suffering? You know, that went away. You know, that, that, that was a Jersey thing. You know, there. I mean, oh, man, seven years ago, man, I thought we had it when we got KG and Paul Pierce. It's like, oh, poor you. Yeah, Darren Williams didn't work out. Mm-hmm. 
You never had to watch Jared Jeffries be the, the Paul, feature. The Paul Pierce, Garnett. You, you, you didn't see your franchise center get traded away for Howard Isley. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Like, like there, the, the, and like it's a Knicks town because of that. You know, there, there's a deep rooted thing. Like, there's old Knicks fans who never seen the Knicks win. There's guys in their 40s, approaching 50, miserable. Guys that, uh, 50 years old don't have any recollection of the Knicks winning a championship because they were two years old in, in 73. So, like, for the vast majority of Knicks fans, we're irrational, crazy people. Dude, this was <laughs> tremendous. I enjoyed the conversation. We got a six-pack that we got to do, which is basically turning into another podcast. But this was fun, man. Thanks. Good to see you. Great. It's been awesome. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you. Um, yeah, it's uh Robbie Fingers, R O B B I E F I N G E R S. Um You have that down to a science. Like you've Yeah, you've I could do a little one. quick math. I could do do some <laughs> spelling, you know. Uh, you know, college dropout, but there's there's a little something there. Uh you know, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Robert Gordon, you could, you know, look me up on LinkedIn. I don't know. Like who's out there? Tell me what you're trying to build, you know? Tell me your hopes and your dreams, and I'll I'll tell you go 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 for it. You know I don't know. <laughs> at the Lamb Shows, where you can find me at Veterans Minimum, is where you can find everything for the show. Big ups to the members of the Patreon: Roll Call Time, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Plates, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Corey Johnson, Hoops, Ryan Pisner, and Mike Wozniak. And shouts to a new member of the Patreon: a one-year pledge. That means you locked in. A franchise tag, brother, for one year. We got Marshall, the artist known as Marshall. Tokarski, definitely fucked that one up. And also, shout to my guy, Justin, man, the wrestling classic, pledging Big up to a $5 donation as well. So we're up to 58 patrons. And I appreciate you guys. Check out the six pack, a perk that you get from the Patreon, and we will catch you guys next time.